Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 19. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here, We have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. I urge you the more earnestly to do this in order that I may be restored to you sooner. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Thomas, so we're wrapping up Hebrews. We have today and tomorrow. It's been a long and awesome journey through an amazing book. And yesterday, we we read this really amazing passage, and we kind of talked about it through the lens of viewing it as a type of a chiasm about the kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that whole section is kind of like the theological uh you know, summation of the book in a way. And now we're into the, so what? And the author of Hebrews, he, he's, you know, unpacked these really, really dense theological concepts. He's been connecting basically all of, you know, Levitical law and Judaism to how Christ is the fulfillment That's of right. it, how Christianity is not a new religion, but it's the fulfillment of uh, God's plan from the beginning of time. And now he's he's speaking to the church members and he's kind of stepped down from the theological pedestal. And this is just great words of advice, of guidance 
for everyday life and for what what is you know he he talks about in yesterday's reading a kingdom that cannot be shaken is what we brought into so what does that kingdom life look like and he gives us lots of amazing words here so what are your thoughts on today's passage well first of all you said chiasm and uh yep that's a great word it's a great word an intersection of two transitions in a book or yeah. a letter yeah nice I just wanted to point that out. Um, so, you know, he ends chapter 12 by saying that our God is a consuming fire. Yeah. And that's the that's the framework we enter into chapter 13, the final part of this letter with that God is not, uh, he's not one of us. We are made in his image. And it is not that he's not made in our image. Uh, yeah. We see this in a couple of places in the book of Numbers. We're told, "I am not like you," and that's important for us to remember. Yeah, because we create this familiarity with God that really dumbs Him down and makes Him very small. Yeah, and so we need to re- realize, "Hey, He has been revealed to us," and so we are trying to see who He is. Yeah, and yeah. in light of knowing Him through Christ. We're, we're given a couple of really practical things. Um, so a person in Christ, in the Father, walking by the Spirit, shows hospitality to strangers. Yep. That's one of the marks of a believer. Mm-hmm. We show hospitality. I think that's um, that's so so incredible that that was, you know, one of the first things that, that is mentioned as a so what. Um, and then there's that like, and by the way, I like that little teaser. By the way, every once in a while, it might be an angel. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's a pretty cool moment um, in the book. And then, uh, you know, Hebrews 13.4 is one that I talk about all the time, especially if I'm meeting with, um, with a young, engaged couple mm-hmm. um, or a dating couple. But I'll tell them, hey, there's something really, really important about honoring the marriage bed, honoring what some would call... I've even referred to it as this, the sacrament of uh, intimacy of a couple in marriage. Yeah, And the reason we see that is because, hey, this is a picture. The most intimate picture between two humans is the picture of our walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And there, it's not like a little slap on the wrist. It's like, hey, God punishes the immoral and the adulterer. Mm-hmm. And it's because... When we see it in its context, oh, because he's a consuming fire. He's not like us. He, he created us for this deep intimacy with him. Yeah. And when I mess around with another human outside of that context of marriage, it's it's this incredible moment of just kind of a slap in God's face of saying, I don't take the intimacy that you desire with me seriously. Yeah. It all goes back to God. Yeah. This is not about human behavior mm-hmm. for the sake of human behavior. It's not asceticism. It's this idea of, hey... <clears throat> This whole life, if you're in Christ, is now an opportunity to mirror what he's done for us to the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wanted to point out, you know, we could really do a, an episode on like every phrase of this verse. Are you stopping me from that? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, just no. kidding. But I, I wanted to point out verse five. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. And, um, you know, I think that this this verse certainly jumps out and, and speaks mm. to me. 
you know, I, I think it's so interesting that the love of money, there's this captivity. It's like a convicting verse. If we could move past that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the other Never ones. mind. Let's just keep on. <laughs> no, but you know, I think that that's so interesting that the love of money, it, it's a binding, like it's a, a captor that we are called to live free of. And I also mm. love, he says, be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know, contentment, it, it's really elusive and hard to come by. And I think one of the ways that we tend to pursue contentment is comparing ourselves to um, people who have less than us, you know? And so uh, there's sort of this, yes, the comparison know, game. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, which is ironic because comparison is what makes us discontent in the first place. But, you know, I, I think we can oftentimes, you know, think about people in third world countries or, you know, homeless people and be like, oh, you know, I should be so, you know, maybe my Toyota Camry isn't so bad after all. That's right. And that might provide some like brief cathartic sense of satisfaction with what we have, but that's never lasting. You know, it, it, no. it never, it never holds on in our hearts. And I love, he, he gives us a key to contentment here. For he has said, I will never leave you mm. nor forsake you. What is the key, the key to contentment in this life and freedom from the love of money? It's fellowship with God. That's right. And, and it's abiding in God. And that's not where we go immediately. It's, it's you know, normally to stick with our comparison instinct. And I think that that is really, really helpful. It's, it's so good because contentment, and maybe this is kind of where we, we land the plane on this ODR because we could probably all use a moment to reflect on this idea of contentment. You know what discontentment does? It takes me out of the present. Yeah. And do you know where the Lord is with us? He's with us in the present. Like, yes, he is in the future. He is in the past. He transcends time, but he designed us to just live moment by moment. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as I become discontent, I start playing the what if game Mm -hmm. and I get, out in front of my skis, I get out ahead of the Lord's plans and I start imagining all kinds of stuff. And do you know who's in charge in that moment? It's me. Mm. I have left the Lord far behind when I am discontent. Mm. Um, one of my favorite quotes uh, from the, a, a preacher that I heard a long time ago, he said, life is what's happening while you're waiting for it to start. Yeah. Like this moment right now, as we speak, as you hear these words in this podcast, this is life. Mm-hmm. This is your life. Yeah. This is where you are. And this is the moment that the Lord is telling us be content. Yeah. And how do I start? Well, I think I start by reflecting, Lord, you're right here with me. Mm. Yeah. And that is such a huge key also to enjoying fellowship with God and communion with God. Mm-hmm. If we're living in the past, we're living in the future. You know, God is here with us in the moment that he's given us, the, that's right. in the breath that he's supplying for us. And that's a, a huge first step to, to fellowshipping with God. It is, you know, being where he's placed us, being faithful where he's placed us and, and looking to him for, for daily bread. And, you know, uh, there's, there's so much more. He, he turns to um, really address sort of church dynamics, you know, to be 
weary of basically when people come through and reinvent the wheel theologically, that they're probably up to no good. That's right. And then I love there's this call (laughs) to us as church members to, you know, care for, to remember our leaders, to obey them and submit to them. And I love this phrase, let them do this, let your leaders watch over you, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. (laughs) And I I think that's such a funny practical, like, just be, you know, be the type of person that is, it's a joy to, you know, watch over. And, you know, I think of, you know, Moses, how um, on account of the stubbornness of the people of Israel, they provoked him to anger, which kept him from entering the promised land. And that's just a, a great practical word is to pray for your leaders, care for your leaders, love your leaders, and, and you're actually helping them out in, in return. It's amen and amen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and we have so many incredible folks that listen to this that are part of Christ's covenant that um, <clears throat> that are just a joy to get to mm. serve and work with and um just amazed at all their labor in the Lord. It's inspiring. Mm. Uh, you know, this is a, a a beautiful passage. As a Bible teacher, it is a humbling and sobering call that my life should be worth imitating in Christ. Yeah, it's big. And um, I would encourage you to pray for all the church leaders to have that life that is worth imitating. Absolutely. Nothing more deflating than when someone, you know, morally fails out of a ministry position. Yeah. It's just debilitating for so many folks and it it just deconstructs so many people's faith when that happens. Yeah. yeah you don't want to be worth listening to but not worth imitating. That's right. Um, and it is a That's right. really sobering reminder. Um, but I think I do think maybe we could land the plane on that contentment moment. Yeah. That's a sweet place to be when maybe there's some different things on the horizon that could be great or be really hard. Maybe there's some stuff in the past that's really tough and you're still wrestling with. But in this moment to know, Lord, you are here with me. I'm going to cast my cares upon you because you care for me. And I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. So let's just let's just live in the now with the Lord. Amen. Great word. Amen. Well, for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.